You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive Scottish football content. Hi folks and welcome to the latest episode of the SM Media Scottish Football Show. I'm Scotland Pike, it's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. I'd like to welcome this week's special guest, it's a pleasure to welcome on to the show, Des McCowan. Des, welcome to the show, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks Scott. I'm really looking forward to this, how you been? All good, yeah. Busy, lots of stuff in the go, so aye, never, never a moment. Try to keep abreast of everything that's happening in Scottish football, European football, English football as well, so... Aye. There's, a, aye, there's oh. a lot happening. A lot happening. Football. A lot of football absolutely. happening. A lot of VAR as well, but not maybe yes. not as much as there was last week. I mean, last week it absolutely dominated the show, but not as much this week. No, not as much, but maybe still some contentious stuff. Contentious stuff going on. So I'm I'm sure we'll cover that off. We will cover it off. Yeah, there's, as I say, there's a there's a lot of action taking place this weekend as well as there always is. We're getting into the kind of the stage where a lot of games have been played because the World Cup's coming up, so it will be pretty much relentless from now up until the, the third week in November when we take a wee break, but we will start on Saturday, four games to take a, a look at, we'll start at Ibrox Rangers, as we know, a lot going on kind of on a negative side in the past few weeks, performances have not been up to the, the level required but a massive turnaround for Rangers this weekend uh, going behind to Aberdeen Sitting after twenty one minutes, you were thinking, could this be the, could this be the kind of straw that broke the camel's back? But Rangers, different to a lot of times in the past few weeks, they found a, they found an edge, they found a clinical edge. They were a lot more aggressive. I thought there was a massive improvement going forward, and Aberdeen just couldn't live with Rangers. And for the first time in a long time, Des, I thought Rangers were excellent. Yeah, listen, I think, Scott, there's there's been a huge amount made of Rangers' results in Europe, more, more than anywhere else, because I think since Celtic beat Rangers, I think they've, they've won five and drawn one, which mm-hmm. was only last week at Livingston, clearly, or against Livingston. So in, in ordinary terms, it probably wouldn't be the, the perceived money crisis that you know a lot of people would believe you, you have at um, Ibrox, but... When you look at yesterday's statistics, I had a quick glance at that. 36 shots on goal, I think 13 on target uh, from the um, highlights that I saw, uh, other than Connor Barnes' goal, as you said, after 20, 21 minutes, it looked like it was one-way traffic. And Rangers really did look as if they were going to score at will. And uh, had it not been for some last gasp defending, a couple of... Poor finishes, I think it could have been, you know, even more convincing. So I think I think with Rangers winning so comfortably, it's now a question of whether they can actually do something in a European game during the week to get, keep that positive momentum. And if they can do that, they then get into St. Johnson game next week. Uh, I'm sure they'll be full of optimism and full of confidence going into that. I think as well, Des, it's not... I don't think we're, we're sitting here saying Rangers have won 4-1 against Aberdeen, everything's rosy. We know that's not true. You need to build on results last. But it'll be pleasing for the Rangers fans and Giovanni Van Bronckhorst in particular the fact that, that, that they are capable of these performances. It's not a case of the past few weeks where we've seen Rangers been quite... Really slow the handbrake's been on. They've not been playing very... The, the, I mean, we, we think of Celtic, I say it all the time, we think of Celtic... Their first thought is to get the ball forward, quick passing, quick feet. That wasn't been you weren't seeing that from Rangers in the past few weeks, but they are capable of it, as you see. Yesterday it was so much a breath of fresh air, really. I mean, I just want to single out a couple of performances as well. Like yeah. you've got James Tavernier and John Lundstrom, I think have been have been they haven't been the heights they were in the past couple of seasons, particularly with Tavernier. Lundstrom, obviously, we know was a big player for them last season. But they looked a lot better yesterday. Now, whether they've shaken off their niggles that we, we kind of think they have, or they just looked a lot better. And I I think, I've, I'm i of the opinion, when, when those two play well, Rangers play well. Uh, listen, I don't, I don't think there's any debate about that, Scott. I mean, the big thing 
for any footballer at any level is confidence. And listen, the, the, the boys inside the dressing room will know that the performances, not necessarily the results, but the performances probably haven't been at the level they performed at last year. We know that they lost, you know, two very, very big players in the summer. They lost other players, but two in Calvin Bassey and, and Joe Aribo. Um, the other players have taken a bit of time to, to maybe settle in, sadly, you know, for Rangers' perspective and Tom Lawrence's perspective, started really brightly but got injured. So there's been a wee bit of, you know, Giovanni trying to find probably what the best uh, group is to start games with. I thought yesterday, I thought some of the decision-making and the build-up to the goals from, for example, Tillman for, for the first goal was excellent. Uh, whereas in other games, I think he's been quite wasteful um, and not been as as on the front foot as he was yesterday. But, you know, it's interesting because you, you I look across all the various different social media platforms and keep an eye across a lot of the comments that are going across some of the team selections and, and some of the Rangers fans were, you know, starting off yesterday prior to the game, you know, two central defensive midfielders. You know, we, we need to be more attack-minded, but when you've got Tavernier playing as an outside right, you've got Barisic almost playing as an outside left when he comes on, and you've got three other forwards plus a midfielder, you know, making up ground then it's hardly a defensive setup, you know. So I think that the positive for uh, Rangers, fans, players, management, on another day after Connor Barnes scores, you could have possibly seen, you know, the players granting themselves and, and not providing or, or delivering the performance that they gave. So it's all credit to them. And I, I just think Chola, you know, with another goal, and he, he just looks like he's clinical. Obviously, Morelos has been a fan's favourite for a long period of time and he comes on and scores as well, which is terrific for him. I just think when you've got goal scorers delivering week in, week out, I think you just need to keep feeding that you know, uh, player and, and keep that momentum going. So yeah, yesterday was really positive. It's Rangers unbeaten in six now domestically and uh, I think you know Giovanni and the backroom team will be just pressing home to the players that that's the level he's expecting from yeah, now on. Absolutely and I thought as well what kind of stood out when you mentioned there about obviously Sands and Lundstrom playing together I thought it freed up Lundstrom a bit because I have said repeatedly Rangers lack that kind of number eight I think Celtic have got two of them you look at like Hatati and O'Reilly they are that pivot between the defence and attack they're not defence and attack minded specifically they're, they're capable of doing the two and you saw that yesterday when Sands came in and I'm not, I don't think James Sands is the, the long term solution, I don't think he's the guy, like I don't think he's the long term plan like I don't think he's a top class player but I think he's capable, like I think somebody like that, like Sands for example Sands might just fill the job in part time but it gives Lundstrom that chance to free up space, it gives Lundstrom a chance to get forward because we see we saw last season when Lundstrom was, I would say Lundstrom when he gets the chance and he's allowed to roam and roam about attack space, I think he's really, really impressive. And it's uh, another point as well about Sakala. I don't think Fashion Sakala knows what he's doing two seconds ahead of it, but he's always trying to get forward. He's always direct. And that's what you, you want to see. You want to see uh, Fashion Sakala, I don't think the the finished article, not by a long shot, but he's, he's shown a lot of like the ch when he's getting chances to come into the squad, he's coming straight in, and he's not obviously. There'll be times he infuriates Rangers fans, but he's coming in, he's making he's making a mark. He's you saw yesterday, he's getting the assist on a better day, maybe had a, a couple of goals. I thought he missed a real clinical chance. I think on a better day would have finished it. And it's just that thing as well. There's so much, there's so much to be positive about. Injury record for Rangers are now horrendous. I don't know if they're playing British Bulldog or something in training, but it's. <laughs> You wonder what's going on, but there's there's a lot of positives to take out, and there hasn't been for the past few weeks. Yeah, and, and I think again, I think that's what Giovanni will will kind of major on. I think that's what the players will major on. And and in reference to Sands, I feel a wee bit sorry for James Sands because he's he's come in and he's been kind of moved around, and yeah. he's he's almost been that little bit of a you know utility guy, whereas he's not, he's not really been given the chance to establish himself in that central midfield area, which is, you know, where we believe is, is potentially his strongest suit. Sakala, absolutely. You know, the one thing's for sure, if Sakala comes on, he'll, he'll get into a position to yeah. do something. But whether he does it or not, 
but he, he'll terrify people because of his pace. You know, he's direct. He likes to get shots away. So the fact that, you know, yesterday went so well for Rangers, I think it's now a question of them, as we've spoken about, you know, trying to make sure that the game during the week, uh, they, they try and put in another positive performance then, and then it's full tilt onto the league campaign prior to the World Cup. Absolutely. Absolutely. The big win for Rangers. Aberdeen obviously had a terrible day in the office. They went in front and just that was really all they all they did. They didn't have a good game at all. It was they struggled. They struggled the back three just struggled. The Rangers were relentless all afternoon and Aberdeen just couldn't handle it. And again, Aberdeen aren't gonna get judged in games against Rangers or Celtic. They're gonna get judged in how they got on later on. And they've started okay. They would have an up and down kind of couple of Couple of months, but they're, they're. I mean, they're still sitting in fourth place. They're only a point behind Hibs. It's yeah. they'll, they'll be. Although it's been a terrible day, they'll be. They'll still be sitting after twelve games. They'll be in a decent. They'll think they're in a decent position. I listen. I know Jim well, and I know that he'll be. He'll be demanding a huge amount out of his players. Uh, he'll be the first person to say that yesterday wasn't good enough. You know, he's he's very honest in his assessment of games. Um, my one we fear is that's four goals at Ibrox, four goals against Dundee United, three goals yeah. against Mullen, three goals against Hibs. They, they lose goals in matches, you know. It doesn't seem to be it's no one nothing or two. That would, for, for me knowing the way Jim is, I'm pretty sure that that'll be a concern in terms of trying to stop those wee glut of goals going in. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, for his perspective as well, they'll be able to get... Um, a run of results which can throw them right into the mix for Europe for next year. Yeah, absolutely. Another team that stood out on Saturday was Hibs, a 3 0 win over St Marin. Again, Hibs were, were coming in on a bad run. They'd lost their last three games. St Marin were coming in in good form. They've obviously had a really good start to the season. But when you look at Hibs, just how well they played, they were thoroughly impressive on Saturday. A really, really good performance. Yeah, and again, you, you, you look at the the way that they play as well, and I have to say the striker, Kuberovic, yeah. uh, for the second goal, I thought was absolutely terrific. I mean, a terrific old game, yeah. I, I speak to a lot of managers and I speak to a lot of recruitment guys who, you know, share with me, you know, what they're looking for and, and what he showed in the second goal was what they're looking for nine times out of ten. They're looking for a striker that can unsettle defenders, can finish, uh, strong, powerful, can get teams up the pitch. And I just thought he, he was really, really impressive yesterday. Uh, and alongside that, you know, you've got uh, Martin Boyle, you know, will always catch guy, get some goals. And Ewan Henderson, really composed yeah. finish as well. So, no, a good day for Hibs. Uh, an interesting one is that they're away to Aberdeen next week in, in the league. So, from that perspective, you know, they could put a wee bit of light between the two if, if they can continue in that. Um, but aye, first one in four and, and Lee Johnson, Jamie McAllister, a former teammate of mine who's the assistant mm-hmm. in there, they'll just be delighted because man, we're in decent form, certainly not away from home enough. I had a wee look at that and I think they've only picked up three points from 15 in the road, which, yeah. you know, for Stevie Robinson, 16 for 21 at home. When you look at that disparity between your performance levels, that'll be something that you'll want to be addressing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think as well, I wanted to touch on the, the striker for Kuk, uh, the Ukrainian, Kukarevich, especially with what is his personal, what's going on in his personal life now. To have, uh, he looks a real find and he looks like he's he can carry a lot on his shoulders. And that's, especially when you're a striker for him, and you, you, you'll know this as well, like you've got a lot of pressure, especially, yeah. and he's, he carries it so well. And he just looked... Yesterday, it was just, it was everywhere. And that was the thing. When you, every single bit of attack, and hopefully we're playing some lovely one-touch stuff, but it was always there and it was always creating space. And that's that's what I like about a striker, particularly a young striker. They just want to be involved all the time. And you need that at Hibs, and that's what I'm saying. They're sitting third in the league. They, those are the games where you need to make a mark. And I I, I was sceptical about Lee Johnson at the start of the season. Is his system going to work? And we obviously know he had a terrible Premier Sports Cup campaign. But yeah. he's commanding, I mean... Results have been results have been poor in recent months, but a win like that can just keep you going. Can just get you going, and that's what I'm saying. They're sitting third. If they just if they get a three or four wins in a row, they could be really, really, really hard that, to catch in third. That that will be exactly what Lee Johnson's looking to do. You know, it's the consistency of the mm. performance, consistency of the results, and there's 
whether it's a, a romantic DNA or whether it's an actual DNA, but certainly Hibs for me have always been a club that generally played decent football. Mm-hmm. They always had good strikers, you know, numerous strikers over the years who've gone on to other clubs, uh, moved, you know, down south or foreign, and they've always had that little bit of uh, uh, swagger, yeah. maybe the wrong wrong term, but a bit of Gallus, Glasgow Gallus, I suppose. And they were always good in the eye. And I think where Lee Johnson is, is trying to get them to is to, to be that, but also to be strong at the back. I think they need to you know, make sure that they, they, they don't give teams the opportunity to go in and, and take goals off them. And certainly yesterday they would suggest, because none were limited to one or two chances, pretty comfortable in the, the game hibs. That'll be one again that you know Lee Johnson will just want to build on. Yeah, absolutely. And it was one of those games as well for St Man where they just uh, they were they weren't defended well and they've been really solid at the back this season. They've just struggled. That was a about a, a probably a game that Stephen Robinson will want to put into the past. But we'll move on to the next game. The D United now Motherwell won Motherwell's first one in five games. Johansson with a goal for Motherwell. A real gift they got from Mark Brigetti, the Dundee United goalkeeper. It was, I mean, just a bad day for him. But Motherwell, again, they've struggled. They've obviously got the new manager in. They've struggled to get a, a win in the board in the first few, the, the last five games. Massive result for them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just need to take what you're given. And then sometimes it's just um, perseverance that will, will get you over the line. And then, you know, that might just kick on because. Stevie Hamill's done okay since he first came in, um, but not in a brilliant run coming in at this and, and just winning at Tannadice. Great three points for them. Some dubiety, I think, over um, the red card. I was going to ask you about that. It's, yeah. it's a so weird one. It's, it's one that there's a number of different elements to it for me, Scott. Um, first one that strikes me is that Tony Watt from one angle looks as if he's trying to pull out he's taking a bad touch and he knows he's taking a bad touch and he's trying to pull out and there's minimal contact from one angle from another angle slowed down it looks as if he's actually it's as if one of his studs is caught and he got his um, socks and it's almost like dragged down his shin for me it's not a red card. However, my mind's still when I played 20 years ago, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of things have changed in the game. My wee disappointment is the reaction of the player, who, and this is one of my big frustrations with football nowadays, is that the default position is get down, and, and whatever happens, happens. I'm not so sure that there was enough contact for the reaction from the Motherwell player. I, I, might, I might be miles wide in the mark there, but nothing's going to change my mind. I, th- I thought that was a strange decision from John Beaton, um, given that it looked pretty much that Tony Watts tried to draw his foot back out of the challenge. And if there's, a, if there's some sort of connection, then football is a contact sport. Yeah. It's, it's no stamped. I, I just I felt really sorry for 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 Tony Watt, and I just thought that VAR was meant to be in the game to make sure we get these ones right, and I'm not sure we get that one right. And it's that thing as well, like with John Beaton. John Beaton doesn't even bowl for a foul, so I know. I know. how. And that's is where VAR. I think that's this is the teething problems they're talking about. It takes, I think it took about three and a half minutes to, that should be quick. That should be a lot quicker. We saw that last week at the Hearts Celtic game. That should It shouldn't take that long. If they, if they are, I think it's the referee needs to look at it, get him over straight away. And then it's he makes a call. A red, card. A, a red yeah. card should be a fairly straightforward decision. Correct. And I know they're not. But a red card shouldn't take, you should be able to look at one shot at it from whatever angle. And just say, no, listen, it's a red card. He's connected. He's, he's, he's caught him halfway up the shin. He's went in straight leg, whatever it was. I just think the whole the whole dynamic of 
Tony Watt's body is, he's actually trying to come out of that challenge. So if it's a yellow card for being, you know, awkward than anything, more more awkward than anything else. But listen, the, the bottom line is um, the referees are the referees for a reason. They, they, they will um, see things differently from punters, from ex-players, etc. But I, I just thought that, I thought it was harsh. Mm. But more, more importantly now for the United, that's no one in four games. So for Liam Fox, um, you know, back-to-back wins have come and gone. I think they've only won once back-to-back mm-hmm. against Aberdeen and Hibs. So from that perspective, next week, I think it's Celtic away. They play Celtic Park, yeah. So, you know, it's unlikely, and I'm, I'm using that perhaps too strongly, but the way Celtic are playing at home, it's unlikely that they're going to get anything there. And again, they're not going to get judged in that. But the Motherwell games are the games that they're going to get judged on. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 a it's a bit of a conundrum for for Liam because he, he he needs to put in a decent performance next week, try and get something, and then bounce that into the next few games so that they finish before the World Cup mm-hmm. and a bit more of a positive so that they can, you know, potentially potentially climb the league. Yeah, and it's it's one of those games as well. I think the United it just it's it was a struggle after losing losing a man and. I think Liam Fox will take. I, I saw his interview in sports scene. He'll take a bit of confidence for the fact that they did try. They were creating a couple of chances. They were really unlucky not to get an equaliser. They were putting cross into the box, and in a better day, you would think they would maybe just get something out of the okay. game. But I, it's it's tough because I think because of how poor they've been. I've just for example, if Kilmarnock had won. They could have been. They're only they're three points behind Kilmarnock. Obviously, leveling points with Ross County, but obviously they've got a goal behind. You don't want to fall too far behind. Now, okay, I think that squad's capable of getting a run going. I think they've got a really good squad, maybe just underperforming. But you don't want to fall too far behind, especially when a lot of teams above you. Look, you look how you look how compact that six to tenth place is. There's only four points between that. You don't want to fall fall too far behind that too early, because then you're having to rely on a run. And when you're relying on a run, getting a run to get yourself up the table it very rarely goes well <laughs> generally goes the other way see exactly see but for for ever and eternity if people have had games in hand later on in the season you know we've got games in hand but we'll be able to put a positive running it generally works the other way mm-hmm. um the, the the one element has been that you know they've they've not quite met the the levels that they probably had last season in terms of coming into the division and doing really well, mm-hmm. surprising a, a, a real number of clubs. But I think, you know, it's still pretty comp, well, not pretty compact, but, you know, from 7th, 8th down the way, there's still, you know, plenty of time for them to yeah. do it. But as you said, you don't want to be six or seven points dropped off by the time that we start again after the World Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important that momentum is, is everything in football. It's like one of the Oldest cliches, but it's true. You know, winning's a habit, losing's a habit. So you'd much rather be winning games and getting some sort of consistency to your performance. And that's what Liam will be striving for, you know. So he needs to, first of all, go to, to Celtic Park next week and contend with that, but then have a look at the, the, the following games and try and pick up as many points as he can. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move into the final game in Saturday. St. Johnson won Kilmarnock now. Kilmarnock's run of an unbeaten... I, I think they've not. I think they've only lost one game in October. The first, I think they lost in the first October and they've been unbeaten since, so they've been in a good run. But it came to an end. An early ass Taylor own goal and St. Johnson, a huge three points for them. Now, this wasn't... I've spoken to a couple of fans of both clubs over the weekend. This was not one for the, the neutral. This was a very boring game. Not a lot happened. Two ways of looking at this. I don't. Th- I think Kilmarnock will be gutted. Obviously, their runs come to an end because they've been on, they've done really well. As I say, they've climbed up the table a wee bit. They've went in a wee run. They're obviously sitting in the semi-finals of the cup. But St. Johnson again, just that second one in a row, a huge three points because these are the games that you're judged on. These are the Kilmarnock and St. Johnson are very similar in terms of where people think they'll be positioned in the league. St. Johnson will take a lot from this game, and it wasn't as I say, it wasn't a spectacle. They didn't. I think one goal was absolutely going to settle this game and St. Johnson were a better team in the day and got the got the massive result. 
I unless and I think given that you know I think that's the, that's their first back to back league win yeah. this season. For Callum, he'll no care. You know mm-hmm. how they get the win. That it's just that they're building on the Hibs victory. So that's two massive results for them. And if you consider, you know, without those six points, they're they're languishing. They're they're down there. So from that perspective, it's um, it's huge for them. Knowing Derek the way that I know Derek, he'll just be really disappointed because it, they didn't really do enough in the game. From what I saw and from what I listened to, and I spoke to a couple of people who were at the game, didn't he do enough to actually go and really, you know, enforce themselves on it? They did create two or three chances, and on another day, they might have got an equaliser. But, you know, both clubs will use that as a barometer to, you know, where they're letting, maybe not where they're likely to be, but as you said, that they will probably be judging how their season's going by how they get results against the St Johnstons, the Ross Counties, the Motherwells or whoever it might be, you know. So I think it was a sore one, sore one for uh, for Kilmarnock, but just a brilliant three points for uh, Callum. And again, I think Callum's next game is Rangers at home. Yeah. So that's one that, you know, if they pick up anything from, they'll see it as a bonus. But listen, they're stuffy. I think that's three clean sheets in the last four at Perth as well, so they're not losing a lot of goals. They don't score a lot of goals, certainly, but they're not losing a lot of goals. Whereas Kilmarnock, they can bounce back and they've, they've got Levy at home, so they'll just be moving forward on it in that game and try and pick up three points there and, and, and try and get moving again. Yeah, VAR certainly played its part in this game. There was a red card shown to Jace, uh, James Brown, Jason Brown. James Brown, it's downgraded to a yellow. I kind of agree that it should have been downgraded, but I understand why he's, he's shown red, because from the angle the referees are, it did look a shocker. Aye, and, and, and polar opposite to the Tony Watt one. You know, it's it's, it's an interesting kind of uh, comparison, because where John Beaton doesn't even blow for a foul, mm-hmm. you know, the referee at Perth straight away, he's out with a red card. And I was quite surprised actually to see after at, at, at full speed. I, I was a wee bit surprised that they actually even called it for VAR. But listen, if that is why we've got VAR and it stops incorrect decisions like yeah. made, then that's great, you know, yeah. because you don't want players, you know, being off the pitch, being suspended on the back of someone seen it from one angle, but actually when you really look at it, there wasn't that much contact. Mm-hmm. Surprised that happened, I have to say, but I think I think it was a right decision, having watched it slowed down and f- framed. Again, it's um, if you're going to use the technology, then you might as well use it properly. And that's what we want. We want it to be used to, if the re- it's, a, it's a tool for the, it's not going to re-referee the game, it's a tool for the referees to see things yeah. from a different angle. That's, it's worked there. With the next, decision that VR gets involved in with the, the header that Donnelly scores for Kilmarnock. I'm not so sure. I Derek McInnes was very unhappy about it in his interview when he said that I, I feel there was nothing wrong with that goal. There's a there's there's contact, there's a there's a case for a foul. Is that not a is that not a foul we see in every single box when there's a set piece? Do you know what I mean? It's 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 this it's this thing it's this thing of what do you what do you want do you want a contact sport do you want because you're not going to tell me that every single corner a free kick in the box nobody's going to be wrestling about and things like that it's just football so I is it listen, denying a goal if, it's it's a if, tough one if it if it had happened at the other end then I'm sure uh, opinions would have been different and that was definitely a foul you know I I. I I get frustrated. <laughs> so I'm going to go on a rant here. I get frustrated with the amount of input inset pieces where there's you know it's it's choreographed. It's there's people getting blocked off. There's people getting held. There's people getting cuddled. Whatever it might be, I just actually just like at some point somebody to say right. I'll tell you what. See see if there is a pool. See if somebody's holding a jersey. You're off. There's no question. You're just off the pitch. It will soon stop. Yeah. But there's 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 
contact of some degree, whether it's enough to merit a foul, it's from an angle, from what I see, it's, it's, it was difficult to see. So I can understand why Derek would be disappointed. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he would have been arguing the other side of the coin had it been at the other end though. Yeah, and it's it's that thing as well. There's, it's going to take time for this to be properly, to VR to properly get everything right. But I do think we'll get there. I do think we'll get there. But it was a, an interesting Saturday. Today, we're recording this on Sunday night. Two games on Sunday. Celtic went to Livingston 3-0. Never an easy place to go for Celtic and Rangers, but Celtic were relatively comfortable. I don't think it was the best Celtic performance we'll ever see. I thought they were... The early goal just set, just it, it was tough for Livingston to come back from after that, and I thought Celtic were just steady from then on. Kyogo gives Celtic a lead, I think, after his he missed a lot of chances on Tuesday night. I think just to get him to get a goal, you saw the relief in it to get him the world of good. Second half, they come back again, just come straight back out. Greg Taylor gets his goal. Greg Taylor's been a terrific form, and obviously Jack and Marcus missed a penalty, but Jota makes it three 0 Relatively comfortable from Celtic. I don't. I don't think it was the best. I don't think it was Celtic at their best. But I don't really think they needed to be because once they scored the early goal, as we know, Celtic scored early. Not a lot of teams can keep up with them. Yeah, and 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 again, you know, Ange Postecoglou makes some changes. He's rotating his team. He's rotating his squad. There's bodies coming in. Bodies getting out. They did it at Saint Martin a number of weeks ago, as we as we know. <coughs> they never had any cohesion at all. Um, but they never get an early goal at St Mern, so that never really gave them yeah. a chance to settle. Whereas you're, you're right, Kyogo, sc Kyogo scores a, a far harder chance than other ones that he's missed recently. But just shows the, the quality. I thought the the actual passing and the and the run from Kyogo was terrific. Yeah. Exactly what we've expected from him since he's arrived. Um, tremendous finish, and I just think at that point, you know, Liviaro against it because. Take away the 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 draw at Ibrox the previous week, which was a terrific result for them. I think one 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 and five. They're not scoring a lot of goals, and then you know Celtic have got the quality to be able to dictate the tempo, dictate dictate where the game's getting played. And I didn't really think Celtic had any major pressures on them. No. You're always looking to get the second goal, so it just settles it down a wee bit. And Greg Taylor, just remarkable. You know, 100th game, I think, 100th start. And he scored last week and he scored again. And um, just, I love watching guys who are kind of deemed the, the underdog or somebody that's going to be a squad player. I just love seeing him coming out and getting the, getting the credit that they deserve because he's worked his tail off and he's been terrific, absolutely terrific different type of system from what he played at, at uh, Kilmarnock under Steve Clark. You know, these inverted fullbacks, but he becomes so, so um, composed in that area and, um, talk, you know, chipping in with goals and assists now as well. So just tremendous and, and good to see, from Celtic's perspective, Jota getting on the pitch, coming back from injury and scoring as well. So I pl pl plenty of positives for um, Ange Postacoglu. Uh, big Jack and Marcus misses a penalty which I think he was the only one that was that bothered about it because again he's a player that a wee bit let Cholak Jack and Marcus is desperate to score in every game he plays and, and I love that yeah, I love that about him you know he just wants to be in that box he wants to score goals he'll be you know a bit disappointed that he's missed the penalty tonight but overall I thought Celtic were, were really really comfortable after the, the, the early goal and for David Martindale, it's it's just put it behind you and move on. I think they've got Kelly next. So those are the games that, you know, Dave will be making sure his players are ready for. And it'll be a totally different type of game. Mm -hmm. And uh, aye, I, I think, you know, Livy, we know what they're good at. We know what they're all about. And that comes from, from David organising them ever so well and, and, and having them really fit and in your face. So from that perspective, I think they'll just... Leave today, move on to next week. Yeah, and it's an interesting point you made about Greg Taylor as well because I've I've kind of thought this as well. Like the past couple of years, has he been that top left back? Is he going to be the kind of the the main man going forward in that position? And when when Celtic signed the the boy Bernabe from Argentina, I thought right, that's I think Taylor will maybe get pushed back. 
he's kicked on massively this season. He's used that. He's 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 given himself fuel to then go on and improve his game. And you saw that recently. He's adding goals into his game. He looks a lot better going forward. He looks a lot more as well. Like te- he looks a lot better technically than he's ever looked as well. He's obviously been working in his ability and trying to get forward because it, it's with a Celtic team. You're going to get plenty of chances to get forward. It's it's making use of your own kind of your own part in that. And I think Greg Taylor's kicked on massively over the past few months. I listen, Scott. It's a good point you make because there's there's certain players that you know when another player comes into the club, mm-hmm. they they can accept that that that's because I'm going to have to be second choice here. Uh, listen, I got it every preseason for sixteen years. Yeah. I always went into a preseason thinking, irrespective of who comes in at whatever level I played at, I'm going to start. And as long as I started the season, it was up to me to then keep the jersey. Greg Taylor has has embraced that challenge of Bernabe coming into the club. Mm-hmm. And he's got better and better and better. And it's interesting I hear Celtic fans, you know, talking about how, how good he's been. I remember when Callum McGregor as a young player yeah. was in the team playing slightly further forward than many Celtic fans were frustrated because he was seen to be giving the ball away, but he was probably the only player in the team actually trying to pick a pass mm-hmm. and trying to link it through the strikers. Whereas he's grown into the role and I think he's absolutely fantastic at what he does. Um, Greg Taylor has gradually got better and better and better. And I would I would throw it out there, you know, who are Celtic going to sign that's actually better than Greg Taylor right now? Yeah. You know, at the, at the money that Celtic are willing to spend, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to find somebody better than Greg Taylor right now. So it's up to Greg to keep his performance levels at that 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 standard. And there's no reason to think that he won't because he's getting better all the time. Yeah, and it's that thing as well. And I think just in a settled Celtic team, as you say, they're making changes, but it's not like their system's changing too much. They're still, I thought today that like some Moy as well. I think. He's come in and you know he's he's played at a good level. He's he's got that ability. He's got that kind of IQ and vision just to pick passes out. I thought today he was instrumental in a lot of things Celtic did. But it's a huge three points for Celtic as well. It takes them to back to four points clear the Rangers and as say with the World Cup, they'll they'll not want to to drop anything. They'll be wanting to keep that to a minimum of four points going up. Going ahead to the, towards the break, but final game of the weekend in the Premiership, Hearts were a big victory as well, coming from behind to beat Ross County two one at Dingwall. Ross County get their their early goal with jo- uh, Jordan White, but Shankland and Halliday they did it on Thursday night and they did it again, and a big three points for Hearts because it's coming for a European game where they've they've won and they've the you could see they were they were quite balls to the wall in that game. To go there and get a victory, it's it's always good to go there and just get away get away with three points. Aye, and listen, it's you know Robbie hasn't had these sorrows to seek with the injuries. You look at the the guys in the stand on on Thursday night, uh, Boyce, um, Halkett, a few others as well. So the fact that you know it's a first one in five, first league one in five, massive for them. And and I think if you think a week ago, you know, they played Celtic and ran Celtic very close. Um, you know, you've got a young man Shanklin's come off the bench and scores a hat trick in that game, he scored during the week, he scored again habit forming, you know, Lawrence when he was um in the United scoring goals galore and and strikers feed off of that. You know, the more they score, the more they want to score. Confidence is everything to them. Andy Halliday chips in with another goal. Um, so no, all in all, tremendous result for Hearts and gives them, you know, that that little bit of belief that you know the Aberdeens and the Hibs, I think Hibs are three points clear on the. I mean, it's nothing, you know, mm-hmm. that can swing really quickly. For Robbie, it'll be about trying to get the consistency and to go into next week and winning the game again, and then get on it the next week and winning and try and build up a run of victories for Big Malky. Um, it's it's no great reading, um, but you know I think it's one one and eight. Um, Saint Martin next week I think as well. So no no an easy game. There's, listen, there's no easy games for Ross County or Saint Martin or Motherwell. It's every game's as a, a, a different challenge. But um, I think Malky will be frustrated the fact that they get ahead in the game and then lose two goals pretty quickly afterwards. You know it's. 
by the twenty odd twentieth minute, they're two one down. It was, yeah. you know, Jordan scores after eleven. You think, right? Okay, let's build in that. Boom, the legs are taken away from. And it's that thing as well that you look through the kind of stats and that they've not actually played too bad in the game, and that's the thing with them all season. They've they've put in some really good performances, and it's just every week I feel as if I'm a broken record. They just don't take their chances, uh-huh. and they'll be sitting. They'll be sitting in the the end of October thinking. With the performances we put in, how we sit in bottom of the league, and it's just that thing. You, it's all good putting the performance in. You need to be clinical, and you look the fifteen. They had fifteen shots compared to Hearts eleven, seven on target. But Hearts won the game. Hearts were more clinical, and that's the difference. That's the big, big difference between the for Ross County at the moment. Hey, listen, sometimes it's strikers. That's why strikers get paid the most money. Yeah, you know, strikers take their chances. So Shanklin scores again today, Kyogo scores, Cholak scores, mm-hmm. Gravich uh, scores for Hibs. You know, you get you get through all the games and you see who scored the not all the games, but most of the big results, you know, you're thinking, right? Striker score, striker score. And that you know, Malky's one of his striker scores, certainly, but I just don't know if they're if they're getting enough and they're scoring enough goals because um, well, obviously they're not because they're losing games or they're not winning games. But um, if if they could just build on that early goal and just settle the game down and then just start to dictate the the, the game, but before they know it, they're two one down. So everything changes again. The dynamic of the whole game changes. So so for Malky and, and the team up there, that you know they they need to try and get two or three wins, get that you know flipped in its head so that they're getting into games knowing that Celtic, if Celtic go ahead they generally win the game mm-hmm. so Ross County need to try and get that kind of feel about the place Yeah, we'll move into the championship the league that ke- the, the league that keeps on giving this this league every week we could, we could generally do a whole show in this championship every week let's just run through the results and I'll ask you what your thoughts are because this is it's, it's crazy what's going on here Morton 4, Inverness now Queen's Park 2, Dundee 2. They both took place on Friday night. Air went three points clear with a 2-0 win away to Abroath. An eight-goal thriller at Hamilton as Hamilton drew 4 all with Cove Rangers. They were 4-1 down and they come back and drew 4 each. It just sums up this league for me. And Wraith beat Partick Thistle. Des, I'm going to ask you a result of the weekend, but I just want to go through the table and just first place to seventh place. Air are sitting in 24 points for 13 games in top, right? They're three points clear. From second to seventh, there is only two points between them. This Man. league is this league is unbelievable. <laughs> Scott, I, I was uh, fortunate enough to to have a column in one of the papers and it was about primarily the lower leagues and the championship or the old first division um, historically was madness and it was because generally any of the clubs and I mean any of the clubs from January onwards could give themselves a chance at actually getting promoted not no necessarily getting real it was just so tight and even even as it is just now if the Ackies are both going to run a results then there's nothing to stop them Cove get getting up thrown right up into the mix you look at the other side of it, and Thistle have now lost four games in a bounce. I've conceded, I think it's three fours and a three mm-hmm. in those games. One of them is in the League Cup, granted. But Ian McCall's got on top of the league four games ago, and now it's like a crisis at Partick Thistle because they've they've been scudded yesterday again. You know, they've been hammered off Queen's Park. Queen's Park must love playing against Partick Thistle because they've mm-hmm. beat them every time. Um, but the, 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 the entire division is just it's insane because Inverness were going really well. Morton got there and, and, and sorry, Morton beat them at home, but Morton take four off them. Mm-hmm. Now I think without being disingenuous towards Morton, but Paul uh, uh, Robbie D's a leg break the previous week. I think that yeah. he's a huge miss, yeah. a huge yeah. miss for Inverness. But the job that Doogie Emery's doing at Morton is just nothing short of sensational. Mm-hmm. And I mean sensational because he's gonna he's gonna at a time where the ownership of the club has changed. You know, it's the supporters that have got it. Um, I know from having dealt with the club in a number of different different matters over the the years that you know budgets no 
the best in the division. Mm -hmm. What Doogie has instilled in that group of players is just, and it's, listen, it's, it's, it's Doogie Emery personified the team as Doogie Emery because Doogie was a fighter and a scrapper and he worked his tail off forever he got in his career and fair play to him, he, he was terrific, great servant to a number of clubs, but what he's done there, but then you look at Air United and you think, geez, oh, you know, last year they were a whisker away from maybe going down the way. Yeah. And, you know, they bring in Lee Bullen, who initially didn't look as if he got a reaction, but certainly with the recruitment in the summer and, and, and they were very ambitious, the chairman down there, David Smith, very ambitious, got went and got Graham Mathy to come yeah. in and head up the, the football side. So Graham Mathy, along with Lee Bullen, deserve a huge amount of credit because they're United, they're sitting pretty at the moment. There's just so many other stories, you know, Queen's Park with Owen Coyle coming back to, to Scottish football and, and, and going along nicely. Uh, Dick Campbell, frustrated, I sat with Dick at a reserve game last Monday night and, you know, he's saying we're not actually doing that badly, but mm -hmm. last year we had Nobley up front and he he was a huge player for them in the first half of the season and they built on that. They've kind of missed out this season in terms of taking chances and they've Started to concede goals, which they hadn't done for two or three seasons. It's just magic. I, I think it's just some it changes every week. You think, I never saw that coming. I suppose the, the, the talking point would be Dundee with, I think it's two wins in the last six league games. For the Dundee fans, that'll not be good enough because mm. Dundee, quite rightly, you know, the Dundee fans will be thinking that they're one of the big fish in that division. So, so why aren't we? delivering as a big fish in that division. Um, there's still plenty of time for Gary Boyer to do that, but as Air United continue to do well, as Morton continue to do well, you know, Dundee can't afford not to win games. And, you know, Queen's Park or evening, the late equaliser. So from that perspective, it's they, they get a point, but they need three points if they're going to get back up into the Premiership. At the yeah, first absolutely. absolutely. Two big games as well at the weekend. We'll, talk, we'll, we'll cover them in the extra show uh, Friday. Air host Morton as well and part of Thistle host Dundee. So it keeps on giving. There's always there's going to be twists and turns every weekend in that yeah. league. But we'll move into League One. Some big results yeah. there as well, actually. I mean, Airdrie Foreman throws now. Alawa got a late goal to uh, uh, Clyde. That was a big, big, a really sore one for Clyde as well. They lost a late goal to Alawa to deny them a draw. Dunfermline 2, Kelty 1, Peterhead 1, Edinburgh 1, and Queen of the South 1, Falkirk 3. You look at this table, obviously Dunfermline, they're now three points clear, they're doing quite well, but Edinburgh, Falkirk, Alloa, Montrose, I know obviously Airdrie picking up a big one against Montrose as well. That it's There's still a lot of, there's still a lot to, to say that that's going to be a close league as well. There's, there's, there's plenty to play for in League 1 as well, Scott, and I think Airdrie's first one in seven in all yeah. competitions. Airdrie were flying, doing really well uh, under Rhys McCabe. Um, they replaced Ian Murray when he went to Wraith. But yeah. um, Airdrie convincing winners the week after Montrose had beaten Dunfermline. So that was Dunfermline's only loss in the league uh, to Montrose. And then Airdrie going, you know, wipe the floor with them. Falkirk won loss in John McGlynn, I think, is still trying to get his influence into that group of players. I think he was a little bit hand-tied in the summer because there were so many players still under contract to wheel and deal to try and get a few of his own players in. He's actually working really well with some of the ones that were already there and they're doing fine. But Edinburgh, I think they'll be really disappointed yesterday just when not getting the three points. But, you know, with all due respect, you know, again, there's no games in that division that um, you're, you're entitled to think that you can just pick up three points. For Clyde, sadly, it's I think ten consecutive defeats in the bounce. Danny Lennon, former teammate of mine, um, been relieved of his duties at Clyde. So Alan Moore took over yesterday, mm -hmm. but again, it's it's now you know Clyde to start finding points very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move into League Two as well. Again, similar league. You look at the obviously the Barton started absolutely flying, and then obviously had a wee bit of. A dry patch, but they went to Arnon yesterday, got a big one, 1-0. One Stirling beat Bonnie Rig 2-1, so obviously that means that Stirling and Dumbarton are staying level at the top of the league. Big ones for East Fife as well, they beat Elgin 2-1. Stranraer beat 4 for 1-0, and there was a draw between Albion and Stenhouse Muir. 
Again, similar league, very competitive, but Sterling and Dumbarton, they'll be they'll be they'll be wanting to, they'll be going at each other and it'll be two big wins for them. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly the, they're the two teams that are kind of blazing the trail. And actually when you think Sterling beat Dumbarton six nothing a few weeks ago, yeah. Dumbarton were flying at that point. Um but Sterling since then, I think six wins in a row. But for East Fife, you know, a great victory yesterday and the new manager in place, Craig McDonald. So I think that's three league wins in the bounce. Yeah. And prior to Greg taking over, I don't think they'd won in I don't think they'd won in five. Something like that. So so they're coming good at this stage as well. But um I it would appear Sterling and Dumbarton are the two teams that are likely to be fine now. Yeah, absolutely. I think as well, as you see, East Fife, big one for them, obviously, new manager coming in, obviously, after Stevie went to the D-United, Craig uh, obviously went up, I think he was assistant under Stevie, and then he obviously got the job full-time, so big big chance for him as well to go and prove it, and again, yeah. all he needs a couple of a, a run, and he could be in contention, because as we see, the Barton could very, the Barton and Sterling could easily let that lead go, but again, very interesting games across the the board this weekend, but we do have action in midweek across the, the European, the final European runs, and I think probably all three will be just happy to, to finish up, to be honest. Big game on Tuesday night for Rangers. They could avoid a massive drubbing in terms of, because, I mean, I was listening to the phone in yesterday in Radio Clyde on Saturday, and somebody brought up a really interesting point to me that I was in the car with. If Rangers win on Tuesday and Celtic lose against Real Madrid, Rangers have actually realistically had a better campaign than Celtic. Now, you can argue, have they? Probably not. I think Celtic have been a lot more encouraging. But it's just the way this works. Rangers could kind of put a lot of things to rest on Tuesday night just with a, a victory against us. I don't think they'll win 5-0 secure third place. <laughs> but they'll take a yeah. lot of encouragement. <laughs> I'm, very, very, I'm very much doubt it. I think Ajax will be going there just for... But they could win. They very well could win because Ajax aren't doing brilliant. Rangers will take a lot of encouragement for Tuesday night. It could be geared up for just that playing for pride but playing to avoid an absolute embarrassment. And that's what it's been the whole European campaign this season. And it could be a big game. It could be a one-off game that we saw last season. Rangers in one-off ties. There's something different about them. When they're trying to build up league runs, they struggle. And when they try to play group stage football, they struggle under Geo. But one-off games... I could see Rangers doing something on Tuesday. I, I, I love your enthusiasm for that. Uh, and I see your logic in it, Scott. I, I don't, I'm, and I'm not suggesting that Rangers won't win the game or won't take something from the game. But the majority, the majority of logic would tell you that they've not shown enough in the European they, they certainly have not. To, to merit that faith, however, football, as we're acutely aware, you know, Disney always work to logic. So I think, as I, as I said at the start of the show, I think Giovanni will, will just be looking to build on yesterday's result, Saturday's result against Aberdeen, and try and take something positive out of the game on Tuesday night, whether that's a really good performance on the front foot, creating chances, but just not quite winning, or... yeah. What he did last year, you know, it was it wasn't quite not that they shall not pass, but it was more disciplined, mm-hmm. it was more counter attacking, it was it was exhilarating at times. To be fair, it was, some of the performances in Europe last year were outstanding. So I think he'll be trying to get something from the game that he can then use to get into next weekend, and he just put some of the, the the criticism just pad it down a wee bit, you know. So from from Giovanni's perspective, I think that that will be the the, the target to, to continue on a positive trajectory from yesterday into Tuesday night and then on to the next weekend. Yeah, and I think that's it as well. I think it's as long as Rangers show something. I think with Rangers, a lot of the times they've went, I mean, I, Napoli are a really, really good side. I think Napoli could be one of the best teams in Europe this season. Like, I really think yeah. they've got a lot, I mean, I think they've won their last 11 games in all competitions. But Rangers went out loud. See, as soon as they lost that early goal, Rangers didn't believe they could get anything out of the game. Not that they would have. Napoli could have went up several gears. And I, I think a, a few Rangers fans did take the fact they were a bit better, but Rangers just offered nothing. So, support, supporters can accept that there are better players on yeah. the pitch. 
what they can accept is uh, where players don't appear to be putting in what they've done previously mm-hmm. or have done or can do. That that's where criticism comes in. If 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 there is a suggestion or even a perception from the fans that players aren't given a hundred percent, that's where they're open to criticism. Mm-hmm. And it will be the same for Celtic players, it'll be the same for Aberdeen players, it'll be the same the world over. Football fans want teams to or players to give a hundred percent. And I'm not saying that the Rangers players haven't been given a hundred percent, but certainly the perception amongst Rangers fans that I know is that there are players who it doesn't appear to be hurting as much as it should. And yeah. and that's where Giovanni will be trying to make sure he gets across to the players as Ange Postacoglu has done, and I think he has done this really well, because if you look at Celtic Real Madrid uh, at Celtic Park, I thought Celtic terrific. Mm-hmm. You always knew Real Madrid had another couple of years. Yeah. Celtic missed big chances, but they were terrific. Every single one of a man, pressing, working, comfortable on the ball. <coughs> so from that perspective, I think if Rangers could just get something positive about the performance, i.e., we gave it our all. We never, we never left anything in the dressing room. It's out there on the pitch. And then the fans will respond to that. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing as well. Obviously, we're moving in now to Wednesday night, but Celtic go to the Bernabeu to play Real Madrid. Again, no Celtic fan will be expecting Celtic to go there and get a victory. But it is a free hit. They're not. They're going there. They've, they've no. They're not going to finish third. They've nothing, nothing to lose. But again, Real Madrid don't want to. They they need a win to secure top spot in the group. It's going to be tough, but Celtic have nothing to fear and nothing to lose going there. And obviously, you don't want to go there and get an absolute doing. But Celtic, Celtic will take encouragement for how they've been in the Champions League. They've been, they've been in the front foot. They've been forward. They've tried to get something out of the game. They've not been, they've not been defensive. And Ange hasn't changed his system. How do you go? Do you go to the Bernabeu and just shut up shop and try and avoid a, a bad night, or do you go there and try and get just? Go there for a bit of an experience just to try and play the Madrid in the Bernabeu. I don't think the manager will change anything. I mm-hmm. think he'll believe in his process, he'll believe in his shape, he'll believe in his strategy, style, tactic, whatever you want to call it. And that's how the players are trained. That's what they're expecting. That's how he shapes up the team. That's how they perform in training. That's what they do week in, week out, day in, day out, hour in, hour out. So why would you change it for the for the reason of going to if they go there and they, they, they take a heavy doing listen the, the, the Celtic fans aren't going to crucify any of their players mm-hmm. or indeed the manager or the board for that I, I think that they'll go there and give it a go are, are they good enough to get something from the game we'll find out very quickly and on paper probably not because Real Madrid did to them at Celtic Park with, you know we're asking you know can Celtic do that to to Real Madrid and, and, and the Bernabeu. I just think the the Celtic team will, will go about their business in the normal manner there. Yeah. He, he preaches that, you know, you need to be comfortable on the ball, you need to be brave in the ball. So I don't think it's suddenly, right, knock it long and let just everybody sitting behind the ball. That, that would be football suicide. Mm-hmm. It's intriguing. Can they get something? Listen, if they take their chances on the night, then... Oh, the pressure's probably on Real Madrid because they need to win to, to, to finish top. But listen, it's two great fixtures Tuesday, Wednesday for different reasons because, again, the, the positive Rangers will be looking for is exactly the same positive Celtic will be looking for. They'll be looking for something else just to you know, galvanise that team, galvanise the group, galvanise the fans, everybody pulling the one way getting into the next league fixture. Yeah, absolutely as well. I think that's I think that's it. That's these games that... They've very little to play for. It's just a case of going there and doing a bit of, getting a bit of pride. Hearts obviously go to Istanbul as well. Hearts again out. Nothing really to play for. Half three kickoff on a Thursday, which is very unusual. That's but right. again, we'll be, it'll be interesting. Again, Hearts will be going there. Istanbul were a good side when they played Hearts at Tyne Castle. No fear. Just go there and try and... Try and give the best version of yourself, I think, the, the phrase Robbie Nielsen will be Rob, Rob, Rob will just want to be building on the, the one on Thursday night, the one today, yeah. the positive performance against Celtic last weekend. So, listen, 
knowing, knowing Robbie and his backroom team as well as I do, they'll be expecting to go there and, and, and to win the game. Um, it, it'll not be through lack of uh, confidence or, or belief in his players. If it doesn't happen, it, it might just no night for them, but they'll be going there looking, as an afternoon, they'll be going there looking to, to win the game and just, again, a positive performance. And if it's a draw or if it's a narrow defeat, there'll be positives to take out of it. But mm. I think Robbie and, and the backroom team will be, you know, quietly hoping that they can get a victory just to, again, another wee notch of positivity so that they can then go into the next week's league game. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a, another interesting week ahead. And we are going to wrap up the show there. Des, it's been an absolute pleasure for you on the show. Thank you very much for joining me. It's been a, a pleasure. Pleasure, thank you. Thank you very much to everyone that's tuned in. Please follow us on social media. We have a lot of content coming out over the next week or so regarding Scottish football. We've got all the roundups, all the, the lower leagues coming out. Plus, we've got a, a West and a Women's show coming out this week as well. So thank you very much to everyone that's tuned in. And we'll see you soon. Cheers.